Sessions, the show that dives into everything that society tells us not to do. It's time to forget all of your ideas of success and break free from restrictive social norms, starting with today's show. Join Elizabeth Houghton as she explores practical ways to find success on your own terms. Elizabeth is no stranger to being trapped by social norms, but she found his sudden full potential to motivate and mentor others to make a positive change in their life. Each episode, Elizabeth will sit down with trailblazing guests who created their own path to success. It's time to be inspired. You'll now be joined by your host, Elizabeth Houghton. Enjoy the show. And today we are joined by Sarah. Thank you ever so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, Sarah is going to kind of take us on her journey today, and she's had a really interesting kind of career path, shall we say, gig economy, portfolio career. Not sure you want to name it. A bit squiggly. (laughs) A bit squiggly. Let's go with that. I like that. So let's start off. Like You did the really traditional thing, and you went to uni. I did and I didn't. Yeah. So I applied for uni and I got a place and then I wasn't sure what I wanted to do at the end of it and ended up actually doing an apprenticeship. And that's how I got my degree. So I ended up working for, I applied for this uh, commercial apprenticeship with a really big energy company and studied as I worked because it felt a bit, it felt a bit safer to kind of get some work experience while I was studying so I did my business management degree at the same time that all my peers were at full-time university and kind of ticked it off the list because I felt like if I didn't then I might not get considered for jobs you know if I had if I just had experience and didn't have a degree then I might I didn't I I saw it on a lot of job applicant um advertisements that you needed to have one and I was like well I better do that even though I know I'm getting good experience better just get a degree too just in case I don't want to be knocked off the list for not having one um so I kind of just did it it was I mean it was very relevant to my job it was it was kind in in a lot of ways it was easy to study because I was studying things that were I was doing at work on a daily basis but at the same time it was really challenging because I had a full-time very responsible job whilst I was also doing my degree so um but I I just did it because I thought that was what I should do and not because I had some great motivation to study business and management Um, interesting mm. so you kind of you've got this full-time job that you're doing really well you're learning all this stuff but still in the back of your mind you had I must have a degree I have to have a degree Um, yeah because it was drummed into me I remember um And I remember because I I remember going to having a conversation with my head of sixth form who was utterly devastated. I hadn't taken the place at university. And he just looked at me with such like, because it obviously didn't, messed up his statistics to have another person not go. And I was like, but I've got this really great opportunity. I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to work at the same time. And I'm working for this blue chip, amazing organization, which actually paid that I've worked for them on and off for over 10 years and they paid for all my higher education an incredible amount of training and it's fantastic but I was just kind of going through the motions and like okay I've been in this job for 12 months now that what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing and I was never really fulfilled by that 
whole cycle. Mm. It worked, but it wasn't fulfilling. Was it really what, in hindsight, in hindsight, if you had your time again, would you do the degree or no? In hindsight, I, I would advise 18-year-old me to go and study Italian and media and have some fun when I was 18. Not that I didn't have fun in corporate, but I'd love to see how that path kind of unfolded because it's kind of where I ended up in it anyway. Yeah. It just feels like, you know, I think if you follow, if you listen to your intuition, you'll end up in the similar place. But actually, it's like, what's the pathway? I'd be really curious to see what that pathway looked like because that was mm. why. My place at uni was for media. I think it was media, Italian and American studies. <laughs> I don't know what I thought I was going to do with that. But it was all just stuff that I was interested in. And um, I've made my way back round to communications. And I love all things Italian. I lived there in 2019. I've spent a lot of time there on and off. Um, so, yeah, it's I would be really fascinated. And I, I always encourage young people to play around in their whatever it is that interests them because you know we all have bad days at work we all have challenging days even when you're doing stuff that you love you're going to have tough days long days tiring days difficult days and if it's something that you really care about you know impacting community or helping other people or just something that's fun for you whatever that is it's a lot easier on those challenging days when it's something that is sparking your light um so I definitely would be curious to know what that other person yeah. unfolded as. <laughs> and that's so true, isn't it? Like, I, I know parents, if they're listening to this, are going to hate us and say, follow your passion. Don't worry about maths, English and science. Do what you're interested in. But it is so true because there is always going to be a moment in a day or a whole day or a week where there's something that you're having to do. No matter what it is you do, there's something that you're like, oh, I don't enjoy this. But if overall you are passionate about it, it kind of works out okay. And that's the same with studying, right? Like if we study something we are passionate about and we're engaged in, we're going to put in more effort. So we're going to get better grades if we're, you know, judging people on grades. We're going to just do better because we want to be there, not because we're sat in a classroom learning about something that doesn't interest us. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it more. You're more motivated. The momentum is there. And a thing I find really sad, particularly, um, you know, uh, most of my friends do not work in the field in which they studied. Like, they, and I think probably a lot of them did study things that they really love, but then just ended up doing jobs just because they really needed. To, and I'm like, there's a disconnect here in the expectation. Like, okay, you've done that stuff. Now you've got to be serious. Like, you can be serious about fun things. You can be, you can work hard doing fun things like I work hard now but it's so much fun um so I don't I'd happily I have to really rein myself in because I'd happily work all weekend because I'm like what to <laughs> but you you can be serious and it'd be fun and still contribute and still make money and still you know like there's a massive disconnect in expectations of how these things work and it's really sad to observe mm. um which is why it's important to share these stories, I think, because then it just makes it... I remember when I got to the point of that something needs to change, really trying to look around and see and other people that had made that. And there wasn't really anybody that was talking about it. So I think it's important to share these stories because I felt a lot of guilt and shame for leaving my corporate career. And it was actually 
my vice president of marketing at the time that was like, you're so creative, just go, just go do these things because we're always going to be here. There's always going to be office jobs. Your experience doesn't go away. It doesn't vanish overnight Mm. as soon as you leave a job. Like you can come back to it at any point. So just go do the stuff. And it was really, really nice to have that supportive push. Yeah, definitely. So what was it? So you kind of, you did this hybrid uni apprenticeship, you ended up in the corporate world and you kind of decided along the way that maybe that wasn't for you. Like how, how, what was that journey? How did you discover that corporate wasn't where you wanted to be full time every single day? So I, when I was in corporate, I was, I, I would change jobs like every 12 to 18. I was constantly trying to ch- challenge is really important to me. Like I love to learn and I love to be in a new environment, learning new things. And I'd get challenge, challenge, challenge. And then I got to the job that I always wanted to do. I always wanted to work in the global marketing team. And I had this weird thing. I wanted to wear pearls. <laughs> it's really weird. Just like the funny things that you have in your mind. Anyway, I, I got to work in the global team. I got to travel and I'm like, this tick, I love to travel. I love the creativity of marketing. I'm working with really awesome people. Teams are fantastic. Um, but the energy was not nice because people, there were a lot of people, I saw people locked in. You get to a certain point and then you can't leave. And particularly women, they, I was like, okay, well, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to the next level. Women were making so many sacrifices in their family lives for work, crossing their partners across the Atlantic and all this stuff. And I'm like, I still want to be able to travel and I still want to be able to do creative things. I don't want to be doing this every day. I don't want to feel locked in. I don't want to feel like I am just living for my holiday because everything is so stressful and I've got all these things to pay for. Um, I just didn't want that life. And it just didn't appeal to me when I looked at the next level. I'd achieved what I wanted to, and it was good, but I just didn't want that next level. It didn't interest me. Politics, the sacrifices, I didn't think it was worth it. Um, And I had always, I'd travelled a lot in being in a global team, but I hadn't actually been based in another country, and I'd been applying for jobs in different countries within corporate for ages, and nothing quite, like, felt right, and... um, I'd looked at all these different countries and one night I just, okay, I was just like, okay, I was 30 and I still had access to working holiday visas. And so I just applied for all the ones that I could get, <laughs> like Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and was like, I'm just going to go and go and see what's there and go and work in these places and go and, and travel and see what comes up. And so that's what I did. And um I loved, I set up, a, I ended up going to Australia and I set up a business there. I consulted there because I realized that actually I had all this valuable experience and I could work for six months of the year and have six months off as a contractor. But even that was really funny because people were like, but you can work every day. I don't want to because I have family that live in other parts of the world. So I want to be able to have a month off and go and see my brother and his kids or you know, a lot of my friends have got small kids. If I don't see them during the day, then I don't see them, you know, like they disappear. <laughs> so I, I wanted that flexibility um, and I just didn't see it within the corporate. There is a lot you can work from home and all those things, but there's just a pressure cooker. It's a pressure cooker environment, which I just, and very masculine is the other thing. 
Um, it's a very masculine environment and I just I felt like I'd have more space to breathe outside of that. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? The thing you picked up on and the Pearl statement is resonating in my head so much of we have these pictures, don't we, as gals and women of what it's like when you have a corporate job and how you need to dress and how you need to behave. And yeah, and you're really looking forward to it as well, right? Like you're so excited about the fact you get to do that at some stage. And it's so odd, like that that got out of me really, really quickly. I worked in male-dominated industries, you know, jeans and Converse, like startup kind of situations became the norm, which was lovely. But then you're socializing at conferences with people who are still suited and booted and you're the one walking in going, but no, I wear my jeans and Converse every day. But for me, it was that I would made it. I was successful when I had a company BlackBerry and I got to travel. That was kind of my thing in my head. I'm like, you're doing well when the business gives you those things, right? I got it. Probably lasted about three months. I hated my BlackBerry. Who wants to be connected to work 24 hours a day? Access to you all the time. I used to switch my outfit. I would leave it at home. And people were like, oh, you're so naughty. I'm like, well, I don't get me wrong, you know, I, if things needed to be done, I would do them. There were days, you know, before you go on holiday, work until two o'clock in the morning or whatever to get things done. And they don't need to have access to me all of the time. And that was seen as really rebellious. Yeah. I think that a sad reflection that, that that's the case. And, and, and they were very flexible in, you know, people, because people were traveling all around the world all the time and we're all on different, you know, people were, it was very flexible, but I just found that the boundaries just got pushed and pushed and pushed quite a lot. Mm. And it's one way, isn't it? It's kind of, and I'm not going to say every employee is like this because I do think it's starting to change, but they take so much. So fundamentally we're contracted to work a certain amount of hours and then technology came along and that pushed that time boundary. And then, it, like you said, it was naughty if you turned your phone off or left it at home on the weekends. And the amount of holidays I had where I ended up like on the phone, like resolving stuff. And it's like, I'm on holiday. Like I'm allowed 20 days off a year without you calling me. Yeah, it's too much to ask. Yeah. If you don't have that downtime, and this is like, I, I felt like nobody really had any downtime because even in the, Two weeks is not a lot of time to decompress from being on all the time and being in that cycle. I would, as much as I, the work I really enjoyed and the people I really enjoyed, but it's just the culture of expectation I didn't enjoy. And I, it, I found myself doing doing a personal development plan and I'm, like, I'm just putting stuff on here because it's what should be on here. It's not because it's what I really wanted to do. So I'd put on like an MBA or a master's in marketing. And I looked at the, mar- the modules for the master's in marketing. And I didn't, I did, they didn't interest me. So I thought, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to study for the sake of studying. I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the t-shirt. I'm only going to do it if it's actually going to, you know, something that's relevant or really interesting. And it just was, it just felt very rote and very, um, shallow and at that point I was like I just can't do this I can't this can't be my life and I cannot do this at the at the cost of my happiness really and because I'd feel really stressed and it just wasn't worth it um 
So it was, I, I didn't have any plan at all when I went to Australia. I knew two people and I had two bags and, um, and that was it. I just started talking to people and ended up contracting in Australia as well. And it was just so much fun to be in a different, being in a different environment. And again, I did the same. It's like, oh, okay, I'll work for a few months and then I'll have some time off and just enjoy the city. And um, it kind of, now that's what I've done for the last few years. I will contract for a few months and then have some time off. Um, and it just, I just feel there's a lot more breathing room and space to play and smile. Yes. Find, find, do the stuff that lights you up, like that fills your cup. In your kind of, what you do now, it, you do lots of very different things because you've found all of these different things you're passionate about and you've managed to pull them together to create a lifestyle that you want. So how did you go about like putting together that jigsaw? <laughs> so it's something that's evolved over time. So um, obviously like marketing was the, the backbone of my corporate career. So I still do marketing contracts when they align with my values and time allocation as well. So I've got some really cool contracts coming up, which are independent with um, small businesses, which I really love. And I love taking that corporate framework and then applying it for small businesses to help them grow. Um, I've always had a passion for all things cakes. And throughout my corporate career, I had cake businesses on and off. So I also have a vegan cake business, which um, I really just love. And, I just like I had some orders at the weekend and it's just a really fun thing to share joy and um I, I will never not do that I'm developing some online courses as well and a little um, cake membership because people are like I want these every month I'm like okay cool let's do that <laughs> um so that's just pure joy but that obviously I use my marketing experience in that to obviously share that business but in the path of consultancy, I could see that there were a lot of small business owners that had challenges with limiting beliefs and mindset. And that transition, um, when you're in a growth stage, which led me, and also my own experience of coaching as well, let's not forget that was a catalyst to me making some of the changes that I made. That led to me then training to be a coach um, and then onto the hypnotherapy as well, because there's a whole unpicking journey being in corporate is a like you're trained to think the way the company thinks, right? Mm. You actually train out your intuition. It's taken me a long time to get into a place where I'm dropping into that every day and acting on it. Um, because even I even catch myself now in terms of um, writing copy, for example, I, I drop into, oh, no, I can't say that. I need a caveat because that's how I used to have to speak in corporate, speaking in other brands' languages. So there's a lot of unpicking to do and that's how I ended up in the coaching space because I found some marketing clients actually needed more coaching in terms of their belief in their business and in themselves to grow versus the marketing plan or a toolkit or an audit because they actually already had the things but they just didn't trust themselves enough to kind of go out there and shout about them. Um, so those are the three and actually obviously the marketing and and coaching they sometimes they cross over a bit um but I I I love them all and I'm qualified in them all and have deep experience in them all so they're you know why not do them all <laughs> it's possible <laughs> it is possible it's so it's and like how do you structure it do you kind of sit in your mind and go okay so I'm going to do 
two days a week worth of client work that is marketing, one day's coaching, one day's hypno, one day's cake baking. Like how, how does it work in terms of doing all of those things? And I know the, probably the hypno, the coaching and the marketing you can fit into one, but the wider stuff, how do you do that? Um, so yeah, time blocking. So generally things are a bit seasonal anyway. So I, I will switch off cakes for periods of time when I'm like, oh no, I, I just can't do that because I need to focus. Um, and so I'll sit down at the beginning of the year and then again at the beginning of the quarter and just look at what's going on from a customer point of view and from my point of view. So like, when do I want to have time off? When do I have a course? So I'm on a course from tomorrow for five days so obviously everything is switched off but those things go in first to make sure I've got room for the stuff that's important for me and everything fits around it so people can only book marketing consultancy on a Monday coaching is in the middle of the week and then cakes are at the end of the week because that's generally when people people want them for the weekend generally um and any people can make requests outside of that and I choose if I have the capacity to do it I'll do it and if I don't it's easy for me to say no because I've actually set my terms my stall is set in terms of actually it kind of says on the website that you can only you know I I will bet like somebody I did have capacity for an order yesterday so I did it and like that's fine that's fun but I really had to challenge myself at the beginning like is is that it is okay because if you have the capacity, why not? Like you can set these guardrails, but that doesn't mean that they're completely, it's, it's really good for focus when you're creating and building um, to have those guardrails, but that doesn't mean that that just stays solid forever because things evolve, right? And that's part of the fun, but I have to be really, um, really clear in terms of um, focus when it comes to because uh, I have ideas for all three of them all the time <laughs> so I have I have a big not now list on the wall and it's like nope just put it there don't you know you're focusing on this this month and that's it don't worry about that until later on in the year so I have to there is a lot of discipline involved in the framework but then once you've got that you can then choose which embrace on a daily basis yeah and I guess it's that thing of I I love how you have your cake baking at the weekend or close to the end of the week because when you were first talking about it you're talking about well it just brings people happiness so you you actually in a way plan your week around what brings you joy you always know that you're going to get to the end of the week and you get to do something that brings you pure joy not saying the other things you do don't but just the way you're talking it sounds as though that piece actually lights you up so much yeah and I mean they all do because I've so I've had periods where people really really challenge me and make me question whether I should do this or not right because it's not what most people do most people are like oh I have a job or I have a business and you can't have you can't do more than one thing at a time well actually some people can't yes completely some people can't but we are all made differently and somebody said the phrase to me recently she said you're 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 um multi-potential and I'm like, yes, I am. That is me. Because even when I was in corporate, so I worked in corporate, I was a marketeer in an energy and engineering company. So we didn't have traditional marketing structure where you had all this team to support you. I you effectively worked in a very entrepreneurial way with we had money, but we didn't have big teams. So 
I was always involved in lots of different projects. So really, since the beginning, I've always been involved in lots of different things. So for me, I'd be bored if I was just doing one thing. And I totally get it that there are people that can only work that way, but they need to respect the fact that there's others of us that actually really thrive on working in different ways. And I do love them all equally. And I, when I'm in these phases, of time, I'm like, actually... I love working. I love it when my hypnotherapy clients have a breakthrough and then message me and they're like, oh my God, I did the thing that I didn't think I could do for 48 years. And I'm like, yes. Um, and the same with the marketing client when they see growth and I just love it. Like I get really carrot, get in the zone and I can see the solution to their problem and I create it and I love it in the same. It's just different. Like, um, but I do get that it is hard for some people to understand, but I just ask that they respect, like I respect your your view of only being able to do one thing, respect my sand pit of different things um, equally. But that is it though, isn't it? It's about sharing, everyone's sharing a journey because everyone's journey is different, right? We, even if we have well, I call a J-O-B and there was no judgment in that. I had one for over a decade. Like it served me. It was the right thing for me at the time. And I get that so many people still have those and they love them. That's cool. But there's a whole bunch of us who need something different and that's okay as well. And I think there's seasons of life as well, right? Like there may come a point in time where I'm like, oh my God, just give me a job. And I'm totally open to that as well. And there's no judgment. There's no... And that's what I'm fully because I, I there was a period where I was like, no, nope, I'm working for myself, that's it. And I and I was trying to whittle down and no, I must do one thing and I must do one, and I would cut stuff out. And but I and I've learned actually, because then the minute that I do that, then I get offered a contract or someone orders some cake. And I'm like, how did you order cake? I wasn't even marketing. And stuff will just come in and it makes me reassess. And so then I'm like, no, I'd be open to opportunity because. Things change, circumstances change, goals change, life changes. So it, it, there are seasons for stuff and I'm fully open, you know, that might change at some point, but I can't I can't see it, but, you know. It does, though. And I think it comes back to your point of listening to your intuition and that over time, and it, it's really odd that you raise that because at the weekend I did a whole masterclass on how to tune back into your intuition and listen to it again because we learn not to listen to it we learn to quiet that voice where actually that voice is 100% you know they are our biggest cheerleader it has got our back all the way and it really is that guiding light but through different experiences may that be at school at uni or in our corporate careers we're kind of we get switched off to listening to our gut, right? People tell you it's a bad thing to go with your gut. Like it's not calculated. You haven't thought it through. And it's actually that gut feeling is probably the right one. Like in learning as an adult to re-listen to it is huge. And that's how you can build a career however you want. Like a career doesn't have to be in my opinion, and I'm sure in yours as well, given what you did, doesn't have to be a single role or task or job. It can be so broad and you, like you do, you do four different things a week, right? That's incredible. And that, that is a career in itself. You were building the foundations for what you need to have the life that you want to have and no judgment. Like that's completely cool. And there's a bunch of people who 
really love going to work Monday to Friday, nine to five, knowing they don't have to work weekends. And that works for them. But it's about ensuring for me that you're listening to yourself, like you're doing what you want to do, not what society tells you to do, not what your friends tell you to do, because that judgment comes in the second you start to think about or even talk about doing something different. You know, when you're having breakfast with your girlfriends on the weekend and you suddenly start saying, oh, you know what? I think, I think I'm going to leave my really nice corporate cushy job and do something a little bit different. You're not always going to be met with complete understanding. You're going to be met with what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I wasn't. I, I actually, um, I had quite a lot of people when I first left the UK come to me and say, I'm really worried about you. Um, and I had to really, and thank God for my coach at the time, um, because it was really like, I was like, okay, thank you for your concern, but here's your feelings, have them back. <laughs> because I'm not worried about me. Yes, this change is challenging. And yes, I cried when I packed up my house and I cried when I left work for the last time because of the comfort and the safety of it, relative comfort. I call it comfortable uncomfortableness. Um, I cried because it was the end of a chapter and a lot of people mistook those tears for, oh my God, you shouldn't, or tears are often seen as a, but I cry at everything, but tears are often seen as a bad, oh my God, stop it, you know, don't do it. <laughs> um, but it's just me marking the end of a chapter. And of course it's going to be sad when I say goodbye to my friends and I didn't know when I was going to be coming back and saying goodbye to this part of my life because I was always really conscious that I wanted to be leaving good situations I didn't want to be running away so at times when it was really challenging I didn't leave because I don't if you do that you're just you, you take yourself with you kind of thing I really wanted to be leaving a good situation so I and that's what people couldn't understand um I could have stayed and you know and I just didn't want to I wanted to try something different because 80 year old me is cheering me on like guys take your worry just because it's something that you wouldn't do because actually that's where the worry is coming from it's they think subconsciously oh my god if I did that how would I pay my mortgage how what about my car what about my dog whatever 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 they're not actually thinking about you in your situation they're thinking about what they would do and also how they feel about you going because they're going to miss you they're gonna or they're gonna miss the you even if you're not traveling anywhere like they're going to miss the you that is in the paradigm that exists right now. And it, they're worried, um, but it's not your worry to deal with. <laughs> like, I did learn that quite, because there was, I had some really challenging conversations with friends that were just like, no, this is like, you must listen to me. And I'm like, no, you must listen to me because I'm not asking you to live this. This is my life. And I really appreciate your concern, but I'm good with it. You know, like, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I definitely, there were people that supported, but there were also, like, I'd say it was probably 50-50, to be honest. And actually the ones that didn't, I found they impacted me more because I really care about my friends and family's opinion, but it's not, I don't, I don't have to process it. I think, mm. it's the, you know, if, if people are coming up with these challenges, like those feelings are not yours to process and you can really kindly kind of, say thanks and then just hand it back and that's it though isn't it like everyone has an opinion and sometimes those like you really well 
well articulate that sometimes those people, the p- opinions that are coming at you are actually stemmed from that person's fear or that person's view of the world and their experiences. It's not, it doesn't necessarily take you into account as the individual who's made this decision. It says far more about the person delivering that opinion to you than you and with that you said you struggled with some of the opinions that came your way is there one now that still really sticks in your mind that you took to heart above all others um I think so it's always difficult when family are worried right and but the thing that I that was the hardest for me is my my family are very much creatures of habit and I know exactly what they're going to be doing on any given day of the week and you know, it, it, this is brilliant. It gave me great stability as I was growing up and that's really awesome. But actually, it's not how I like to function now. And that's really hard for them to understand. Um, but I, and I took a lot on board and I, I actually delayed my decisions for a really long time because I, I would be like, oh, but I should do this and I should do that. Mm. And I should, 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 should. Gosh, that is just, you know, uh um, suffocating it's not that they were intentionally doing it it was me and my perception of what they thought I should do and still sometimes my dad will say to me are you gonna get when are you thinking of entering like the world of jobs again and he will <laughs> ask me every now and then or if I share like there was a job at his there was a marketing job at his football team last week that I saw and I sent it to him as a joke like ha ah, I could work here and then I saw he said did you apply for it no, I don't want to do that. So I think he still wishes that I would do, and I know that. Um, but I don't need to, you know, that's his thing because he likes being employed. He likes that security. But what I learned is I can still respect their opinion and their care because it comes from a really good place. They're not, they're not throwing stones. They're not, you know, rubbishing what I'm doing. They just want me to have a secure life. You know, that's all they want at the end of the day, and they want me to be happy. And their reference is different. Um, so I can respect what they say, but not have to react to it. And I learned that I can listen to it and take it on board. If I want advice to ask people who have been in similar situations versus um, wanting approval from friends and family that haven't necessarily done the thing, you can still value their opinion of someone that knows that version of you. But actually, People that are in the ring are probably people that you want to be listening to in terms of how you make your decisions going forward. It's a real, you learn, like, it's not that, you know, they're, 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 their opinion's not valid, but it's just you have to kind of weigh up, like, this person that has experienced it, like, maybe they've got um, more insights that are going to be relevant to the decision that you're making versus someone that's just trying to keep you in their safety bubble um so yeah it's it's a it's a and learning what to share and what not to share is the other thing as well so actually sometimes I think out loud and um I just learned to not share if things are in early in an idea don't share it because it stresses them out there's only certain people that I can share that with (laughs) yeah Um, so creative idea for a project like I can't tell them until it's done because it's just too much for them to process. So, but you learn that over time, really. Um, it's part of the journey, isn't it? It's part of the journey of learning whose opinions 
are important and it's not saying your families aren't important or your friends aren't important like they have theirs and everyone's opinion generally speaking comes from this absolute place of care and love they just don't always understand the decision you make at the end of it and that's okay yeah I spent a lot of time wasted like I wanted everyone to be you know on on my side and to be supported I wanted them to come on the journey and be like and actually they don't need to it's not their journey no. Um, it's your journey and you can share it you can share snippets and actually once they saw that I was it actually rooted me deeper in my self-belief like no I know this is what I need to do um and once you start share snippets and that you're they know that you're okay then they're like oh cool this is awesome like but it it really tests your self-belief I think mm. But they're not in the same boat as you, right? So, you know, we actually use the metaphor of you're in your own boat, running your own race, and then other people kind of jump in and tell you what they think about what you're doing. But they're actually in a whole nother boat. And I spend time wasting energy still trying to bring people into my boat and I need to get to where you're out of. Actually, cool, you stay in your boat. Like, I'm good in mine. You stay in yours. That's fine. And I would always do that check-in when you, when somebody says something, just be like, okay, so where are they? Just observe where they're at. So I would get, and it's really interesting now, actually, I would get uh, some people like, oh my God, no, but what about this, 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 this? And actually there are people that are, love that routine and whatever. And now, um, people that have had kids and blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh my God, I wish I could be doing what you were doing. And, and actually when I went, I went back and contracted at, I've actually been back to a couple of places that I used to work at permanently as a contractor. As I'm like a boomerang. <laughs> Just keep coming back around. <laughs> um, stay in touch with people that you love working with because when there's opportunities, they will call you. That's that's a tip if you want a portfolio career. Um, and they're like, how did you do it? Like, how did you manage to do it? And I'm like, well, I just stay in touch with people that I really enjoy, you know, and and stuff will come up. And so I found that really interesting because I had this perception that they there was a lot of fear around once I leave, I can't go. But even though my VP said you can come back, like there's still the fear, like things might change, blah, blah, blah. And actually, no. And then people there are really curious and inspired by what you do. So no door is ever closed unless you really burn all your bridges, which I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> um, if you really enjoy working with anybody, you never know where people might end up. They might go off on a different path too. And if there are kindred souls that you really get on with in any capacity, keep in touch with them and see what's up because I always get little nudges and calls from people and stuff interesting or recommended. I, I get recommended um, by old corporate colleagues for coaching work the cakes like they know you as a person so they know trust and like you they'll recommend you for whatever it is that you're doing I definitely had a fear around corporate colleagues not know I didn't want them to see all the other creative stuff that I was doing for a while this is a few years ago now because I was worried they would discredit if I needed to go back kind of thing and now they're my biggest champions they will always share stuff and they're my customers as well so it's it's funny how things play out yeah I, I'm a firm believer that things play out in the way they're supposed to play out and I think kind of perfect note to end it on of do not burn your bridges you actually don't know what journey you're on like you're on a journey you don't know what the end point is 
no one does it changes it evolves and that's the same of everyone you come in contact throughout your life you don't know if that person that you know might have ground your gears at work but you don't actually know they might have an amazing project for you to work on and if you've managed to maintain a relationship it could come back your way and the same of you know I guess it's back to that age-old saying of it doesn't matter who you are like the cleaner or the CEO treat everyone wow because you don't know what they're going to be doing tomorrow and what they're doing tomorrow may align with you and provide you with an opportunity absolutely and it goes both ways right like I just, I I'm, I love talking to people so I'm like yeah like and people go oh, you're so good at staying in touch I'm like I just I'm really interested in what people are up to and I want to support them as well so I support them equally like it's a virtual circle of giving and love so I'd much rather be a part of that yeah definitely so on that note we're loving to talk to people and being connected how can people reach out to you how can they work with you if they want to how can they find you the best place to find me is probably on Instagram or LinkedIn so Instagram I am at the Dr Vita coach or 80 cakes UK if you want some vegan cake Um, and then Instagram Sarah L Potter Perfect. Well, thank you ever so much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pop all of Sarah's links in the show notes. So do not worry. Um, They're all going to be in there for you to take you directly to her profiles, but reach out and say hi. She, she can make your next birthday cake or just your treat for the weekend. She can help you with your marketing campaigns and also with your mindset as well. So you can start unlocking your inner voice and tuning back into that. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Sarah. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Finding Success on Your Own Terms. Don't miss out on new episodes released every Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to Finding Success on Your Own Terms on Apple Podcasts. To stay tuned for upcoming episodes, projects and news, follow Elizabeth Houghton on Instagram at Southern Full Potential and connect with her on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Elizabeth Coach. Discover your full potential and find out more about how you can change your life today at suddenfallpotential.com.